Hi, Simon. What was your first computer? Um, when I was 12 or 13 years old, it was a Commodore C46. Of course. And what you did with that? Playing games? Uh, yes, and basic programming as well. So uh, what was first? Programming or games? Games, for sure. Okay, which games? Um, California games, winter games, summer games, hero. So a uh, uh, joystick destroyer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. And uh, why you started basic? Uh, because it was there. So, yeah, sure. Uh, but do you have an because, iPhone? Uh, do you have iPhone? Uh, no, I have an Android. Oh, okay. I was told that in Switzerland, Androids are very rare. No, no. It's I would say it's uh, more Android now. Okay. But in the beginning, we had a lot of iPhones. Okay. But it's, maybe it's half-half or a bit more Android. It depends on what people want to spend for their phone. Okay. So, and you programming Kotlin? Uh, yes, from time to time, yes. Okay. So this was uh, you know, uh, a question, though, because it's there. So you say, okay, basic is there, so you started programming. But, I mean, we have a lot of things which is there, but we don't do it. So um, were you fascinated by the programming, or what was the, the idea? No, it was always interesting to me. And later on, um, we had some uh, IT courses, and we played volleyball in school. And so there was a, an application for uh, entering the results of the games and to calculate the rank, rank list at the end. Mm -hmm. And I was improving this uh, software on oh. C64. You played volleyball, so uh, was it in Rappersville? Uh, no, no, it was in where I live. Ah, okay, because uh, in Rappersville, this is like IT university. And it is beautiful. It looks. It is more like you know vacation site, not not like a school. So I assumed you studied at uh, Rappersville. No, 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 no. But I was there at the workshop days as well. Yeah, exactly. Already. So yeah. still, so how you got the idea that on your C sixty four is basic and you can do something useful with it? Uh, I was uh, reading a book. Ah. These days we had books. Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember there was the Marktentechnik Verlag in Germany. Yes. But this was it, not a nice one, right? No, no, no. But it was okay, and it, we we can go to the. These days we didn't have the computer stores. You had like uh, radio and television stores where yeah. you could buy um, computers, and there you could buy also the books. So mm -hmm. once I bought a book mm -hmm. and start reading and mm -hmm. was trying out what I could do on the C sixty four. And and why you bought the book because you were bored with gaming. No, because I was interested in how things work. Ah, I, okay. Now I got enter something in the computer or use the joystick to to move the character. Okay. And so I want to learn how this works. Yeah, this is this is an explanation I'm happy with because you know just starting programming, no one does that. So it's always you know and why you do this. This is the most interesting. Some people saying you know they w would like to change the games or programmer games, but a nice explanation is as well, you wanted to find out how the thing is working. How quickly you learned BASIC, or what you did with BASIC back then? Not a lot, because later on I uh, left school, and I did something completely different. But back then? So a few 12 back years then, yeah. Yeah, as I said, uh, the video, uh, the video, the volleyball uh, okay. tournament uh, application, it was maintenance. And first, I mean, the first thing that I really did was maintenance already, okay. because it was someone else who wrote uh, the application, but it has some bugs, and um, it did, didn't print uh, the ranking list very well. Okay. So uh, that was uh, something that I improved. This was in I basic? Approached. That was in basic. Ah, okay. Yes. 
Okay, then I got you. And this was your last and first, or first and last application, right? In basic. On basic. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, I got you now. And uh, so what was the next, first, uh, next step? So you liked the experience with basic? Were you hooked into programming or you say, okay, this was terrible volleyball experience and just stop it? No, later on, I, I, I'm also in a track and field club. And, uh, what is so this? What, what's track? A track and field. What is that? You know, uh, like uh, long jump and uh, running and stuff like that. So if you like Olympics, okay, uh, sports like what we have, shot put and uh, long jump, high jump, stuff like that. Running, 100 meters, oh. stuff like that. Yeah, cool. Okay. And uh, then we had the same problem. We had to enter results. And so I started these days with uh, with uh, access and Visual Basic. Of course. Uh -huh. um, because it was very easy to create yeah. a form, to create a database. And uh, I think that was the second application that I wrote. But this was more fun, sounds like. it. This was absolutely more fun, yes. Visual Basic was not so nice, but uh, what I liked was, uh, was access at all, because it was very easy to create a form, to create a database. Um, But uh, all the calculation has to be done in Visual Basic. And uh, yeah, it was hard to find out in Access where to put the code that it actually runs. That yes. Was, I think the biggest problem these days. An interesting story. Um, I think around 2003, we built an enterprise uh, system for power plants. And the business department created something with Microsoft Access, the database. And they loved the database and they hated our stuff. Because they always told you, what we built is way better what you are building with Java right now, right? And but, <laughs> but the problem was everything was in memory. This was a single user system what they built, you know. It is a lot harder to build something which is distributed, but they always know always came back saying, No, our system is better, just do the same, you know, with Java. I was like, but, but this is a completely different story. You cannot do the same, you know. Um this was a the the access was it I think the access Microsoft Access uh, destroyed a lot of projects, I think, because of that, you know. It was very easy to add stuff, and you couldn't get, you know, the understanding that if you distribute the thing and build a larger system, it will behave differently, right? Yeah, it was incredible. We, I was once in a project for Swiss government, mm -hmm. and uh, I was on a meeting where they discussed how many Access applications they have. Mm -hmm. uh, not it was just a department of the government, but mm -hmm. they had a, a few hundred access applications that were uh, still maintained by some business people most of the yeah. time. Which is actually a very good good news, right? That the business people are able to maintain something. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, cool. So uh, you build a thing with success, and what then? So um, first, did you participate in Olympics? Uh, no, 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 I didn't. No, okay. It was, so just, it, it was just for fun. I think uh, I was more in the club for, for the administrative stuff. So I was not very, very good in sports. I was not the best in the club. So uh, I started to, to build such uh, applications to help uh, with the organization of uh, these events. So we are organizing events for uh, YAUS every year uh, for the kids. What, how and, it's called? YAUS? Uh, YAUS? Yeah, for the, for the kids. You okay. Know. Mm -hmm. And um, we have uh, like uh, four clubs that are participating every year. Mm -hmm. We have... Uh, Sports club, 100. right? Sports club? Sports clubs, okay. yeah. We have more than 100 uh, kids that are coming. And uh, so I'm still working on the same application. Currently, it's written in in uh, Spring and uh, Spring MVC, mm -hmm. but it's still the same application. So I'm maintaining it, uh, let's say, for... 
uh, 30 years now, okay. more or less. Cool. So this was a nice transition from Visual Basic to Spring, right? Yeah, no, that's great because uh, I once also uh, implemented in Eclipse RCP when this was hype. Oh, um, yeah. 2004 or something how, like that. How, how, how is your experience with that? Because I hated the whole RCP stuff. Me too, but I did a lot with it because I was working for Swiss Railways. Yeah. And uh, Swiss Railways was implementing their whole uh, disposition system. Mm -hmm. So to, to track the trains, to okay. uh, enter the, the train, uh, the tables, the timetables and stuff. Mm -hmm. And also uh, later on, I was working for a wholesale company. Mm -hmm. And all the ERP system was written in Eclipse RCP. Okay. Cool story. I don't know. Have you participated in a keynote at the railway systems where, where I, I gave the keynote? You attended this? Uh, yeah, I think because I'm also there more or less every year. And uh, This was a middle of nowhere. This was in the middle of nowhere. They invited me to talk about, you know, modern enterprise development. And yeah. I delivered a keynote, and what I didn't knew, they use uh, the IBM WebSphere Large system, not the Open Liberty, the bloated one. And what I did yeah. in the presentation, I used, I think, Glassfish and Whitefly, and you know, in my way, showed how, how productive everything can be. And I said, okay, the, the bloated WebSphere, no, no one uses that, and so forth. And after the keynote, you know, they came to me, and so it was, your, your speech was really disturbing, because uh, now they have a real problem. Everyone is asking what, what the guy did, and they will never invite me again <laughs> because this was a huge mess what I what I left. So I guess sorry you you asked me what I'm doing. So I showed you what I'm doing, right? Yeah. So uh, this was this was a nice place in Switzerland, but middle nowhere. I remember it was really hard to get into. I had, I had to go through um, Zurich, then Bern, I think, and then still with the train a piece, right? So this was uh, on a lake or somewhere. This was a beautiful place, but uh, it was uh, crazy to get there. Yes, uh, Swiss Railways has uh, like a training center there. Okay. So they do training and this is just, uh, yeah, in the middle of nowhere. But it's very close to where I live. Ah, okay. Sorry. Uh, it was beautiful, <laughs> beautiful place, but really hard to get there. What was the name of the, of the, of the location, you know, still? What is it? Yeah, it's, Mon it's called Montelier. Yeah, exactly. Bear. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. So, uh, your hobby was then maintaining, you know, the uh, sports club with various technologies. Uh, I would say poor sports club. What I imagine is whatever was on the horizon, you rewrote the application, right? So the question to you, how many events were canceled because your, of your inventions? None. Oh, okay. So it was uh, cool. Because I al always had to fall back to the previous version. With Visual know? Basic. So, yeah. Or, or the previous version, uh, like not always to Visual Basic, rather than was the Visual Basic your fallback or, you know, one prior to uh, to what you did right now? No, no, the, the Visual Basic was the first. You know, when we started with it, mm -hmm. with, with, with events, mm -hmm. uh, we were about 12 people mm -hmm. that were calculating the results by hand. So we had huge tables where we checked the results and mm -hmm. um, calculated the points. And after that, I was alone. So I'm doing the whole event. Uh, all the calculation is, is now only me. Cool. But for the first event, I had the team at my side. So if my application wouldn't work, then ah, okay. calculate the okay, cool. And from there, um, I think every year we, we, ha we didn't have a problem. We have around four events every year. And uh, this runs smoothly because, you know, the, the good thing is I know the business case very well. Mm-hmm. 
Aber wenn etwas mit der Applikation passiert, ist es sehr einfach zu fixen. Ja, cool. So, you wrote the Visual Basic Application and then was uh, what I'm interested in, what you did professionally. So, uh, I mean, you studied computer science or you said you left the school, so what you did then? No, I was working for Swiss Railways. I ah. didn't study um, computer science uh, for my first job. Okay. So I started with Swiss Railways, and then 1995 I had to change, had the chance to change to the IT department of Swiss Railways. And then I was going to the university and did my computer science degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I started in IT department, I started with COBOL on okay. mainframe, on okay. IBM mainframe. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the first five years I was working on uh, finance systems for Swiss Railways and project planning applications written on um, IBM mainframe with COBOL, mm -hmm. some with uh, DB2, mm -hmm. uh, and some with hierarchical uh, databases. IMS, well. right? IMS, exactly. A question to you is, uh, what we, or we Java developers, can learn from COBOL? Is there something cool, interesting, or nice which you can actually learn, or is all, you know, old stuff which you should as quickly as possible forget? You know, the... the, the The programming language COBOL is very limited, mm -hmm. so you can't do very much with it. Mm -hmm. So when it comes, for example, to sorting or searching, COBOL is too slow. Mm -hmm. So what we had, we had a lot of assembler applications okay. or assembler utilities that we were calling from COBOL code um, to, to do a search or to do a sort, for example. Mm -hmm. But what was cool on the mainframe, and uh, this is very actual already, is we had serverless these days, you know? Mm -hmm. So we were deploying just the COBOL program. Mm -hmm. And what we didn't have to care is about, for example, security. So if a user logs in on a mainframe system, the, the login information or the user information is transported all the way down to the database. Mm -hmm. So you don't have, for example, if you want to create a, a program that or accesses a database, you don't have to deal with username and password. Mm -hmm. Because what you do, you grant the program to the database, not a user. Mm -hmm. So if the user logs in, he's logged in. He, we know on the database side uh, the username, for example, mm -hmm. and also the, the the access that the user has to the database and the data. And uh, so it's very easy to build applications on, on, on host systems. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that's very nice is that you have uh, like a virtualization. Mm -hmm. The, the operating system is called multiple virtual storage and it has the same ID as Docker today. You mm -hmm. know, you have a full isolation of the running program to the underlying uh, operating system. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it was not called container, it was called jobs, but mm -hmm. the ID and I think also parts of the implementation are uh, exactly the same that we have today with Docker. Yep. So we were uh, the times ahead. And yeah, and, and uh, I have less experience with COBOL. I worked together with um, AS400. This was the host yep. system. Uh, I was the, always the Java guy, but I really like to listen to the no-core uh, host uh, developers and see whether I can something learn from them. And uh, they had also DB2, and the program was uh, R RPG, yep. or R RPG and PL1, I think. I forgot both, but in this particular case, it, I think it was RPG. And what they told me, what they love about the host is that the database and the business logic are in the same memory. You know, so there is no, there is no, nothing can get inconsistent because everything is a monolith. 
So they 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 reuse the the idea as much as possible, and they can serve with one box incredible amount of load. So actually, there was a yeah, like dispatching system for the for entire world on on one machine. So it was yeah. extremely efficient. And this is what I also learned. You know, we don't have to distribute all the stuff to be scalable. Sometimes it is better, you know, to reverse the patterns we have right now and run as much as possible in one process. It's also a strategy for for some cases. So this is what I learned from from the guys back then. So interesting part. So you you I, I never knew that you actually worked for railways. When was it roughly? It was from nineteen. It was a very long time from nineteen ninety five to two thousand and seven. Okay, then. Um, okay, cool. So and and which technologies you used at at railway? And 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 uh, Swiss railways. Yeah, first I, as I said, Cobalt DB2, yeah. and then in year 2000, or I helped to solve the, the year 2000 problem for okay. Swiss railway. And then after that, I started uh, as a Java developer. Cool. So I I used uh, in first project we used WebSphere, as you said. Yeah. Uh, with uh, TopLink. Mm-hmm. We started very early with uh, with TopLink because it was uh, acquired by WebGain. Exactly. In uh, 2001, I think. Yeah. And uh, we had EJBs on WebSphere and EJB remoting because the client we were building was uh, written in Swing. Mm-hmm. So the first UI application that I did was with Swing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was for um, um, also for, for the train disposition. And then I moved to the first online ticketing project at Swiss Railways. Mm-hmm. So when we created a web shop to, to buy tickets, I think we were one of the first uh, railways in Europe that mm-hmm. uh, was creating that. So it was the first version with you, you were printing your ticket at home mm-hmm. with like a code on it and mm-hmm. uh, all the information. And this was also on WebSphere with Oracle databases. We had struts in mm-hmm. the front end. Uh, and we had a lot of uh, interfaces using Active, uh, not Active MQ, WebSphere MQ or mm-hmm. uh, MQ series was it? What's its name these days? And uh, yeah, Oracle database. And we had a, a WebSphere cluster. Mm-hmm. You know why Swiss Railways was using WebSphere? No, because it was one of the companies that IBM did the transition from mainframe systems to ah. WebSphere. Okay. So we also had uh, the idea that uh, also the COBOL programmers can move to Java. Mm-hmm. So we had like training from COBOL to Java to yeah. move the, the the knowledge that they had, uh, the business law, uh, knowledge from uh, the old system to the new. And it worked? There's no more COBOL at, uh, at Swiss Railways? Uh, no, they. I think they have some. Okay. Uh, in, in the cargo systems, there must be some COBOL programs that are still there, but they're trying to replace it with uh, with Apache Kafka, I think. Okay, cool. That was the latest uh, update that I got from them. Okay, cool. So um, so this was your, your journey in 2007. You still use WebSphere struts and all the stuff, EJBs and no, Duplic? No. In, in uh, 2000, after this uh, online ticketing project, I moved to the disposition project, and there we used Eclipse RCP, but still WebSphere. Okay. But we had to use WebSphere because uh, Swiss Railways had a large uh, WebSphere installation. But then we started using Spring. Mm-hmm. So what we did during development, we started uh, also the backend inside the Eclipse RCP application. Mm-hmm. And moving to production, we just switched the configuration. So the remoting was then moved from uh, like in-memory 
mm-hmm. uh, remoting to uh, an EJB remoting mm-hmm. that we had. So we had a kind of a single EJB that did all the, the remoting. The, the EJB just implemented. Oh, the so you use Spring on WebSphere? Yes, exactly. So for me, back then, this was hell on earth. Spring on WebSphere. So you get, you got to you know two frameworks very similar, and uh, you get the twice the complexity, right? Yeah, but the point was development speed. Okay. You know, these days, starting WebSphere took three minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you had to restart the application server, you had to wait three minutes. Mm-hmm. So that was not very nice. And the other problem was WebSphere. I mean, the the computers that we had in these days were not so uh, fast and didn't have so much memory that we have today. Yeah. Okay. And so installing a whole WebSphere on the developer machine was was incredible yeah. because you started it and it used uh, all the memory that you had. So, so this is what this I is not fun to develop. this is what I told them at the keynote. You know, that this is uh, ridiculous to have something like this, and then they were not very happy. So what I imagine, I, I know that because uh, they, they they afterwards they talk with me and it's like the next day we should coordinate. It's like, okay, but I cannot tell you know that I'm going your way if I'm done doing this. So this was uh, this was actually interesting, funny experience. Um. Okay, cool. So um, you did, um, oh, what's interests me, you did Swing and then Eclipse RCP. Yeah. So w- what was your opinion about this transition? So uh, I, I, I never understood, you know, the idea how it can be better with Eclipse. As, uh, at this SWT, it was terrible, right? Yeah, but the point was performance, you know. Ah, yeah. The application was much faster than Swing these days. That's true. And because we had to do uh, with Eclipse RCP, we had to do uh, like uh, the the timetables mm-hmm. uh, that they use, you know, okay. the lines that mm-hmm. go down and stuff. And uh, this had uh, quite uh, high performance uh, mm-hmm. requirements. Uh, and um, the point was, we were hoping that this Eclipse RCP stuff gives us like uh, a frame. You know, there was the Swing application framework. Mm-hmm. It, it moved away. Yeah. And Eclipse RCP gave us like uh, like a template for yeah. our application. Yeah. And uh, that was something nice in the beginning, but the problem uh, was not really SWT. The problem was OSGI. Yeah. So getting all the plugin stuff right and like uh, the, the class loader issues that we had and stuff like that. And once our UI developer, we had a dedicated UI developer, and after one or two years, he said, hey, guys, now I know how to use Eclipse RCP. Let's yeah. start over again. Yeah. And that was mainly the problem. It was very complex to use. Yeah. Okay, I get and you. So because of speed, I get you. So you had a, um, high um, performance requirements. So you said, okay, then we use SWT. Regardless, you know, how, how easy or nice it is, we have to use it to be performant. And then I get you. So uh, my problem back then was at conferences, everyone talked how nice SWT, JFace, and Eclipse is, and they use Eclipse RCP to modularize uh, applications, and then everything becomes, you know, faster and easier. And I say, no, uh, this is what I cannot believe, no, uh, right? This is exactly like we would talk right now, if you use, you no know, VM, everything is nice because you can uh, faster build applications. No, you have to think more, you know, how to natively compile the thing. But at the end, it is very small. So this is the trade-off. So, um, okay, got you. Perfect. So um, so you, you did a, a, a nice mix of Java E and Spring because you were not able to launch your production environment on the local machines. 
Exactly. So, <laughs> which is interesting itself, right? This is almost like uh, Angular development these days, right? So you cannot, <laughs> you can. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so then you quit. Uh, so this was the, your experience at the Swiss Railways. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the end, I was kind of uh, of uh, what did we tell it? We had the methodology, technology, tools um, department where okay. I was the head of it. So we try to help other teams to get up to speed to use the right tools. Okay. And that was the transition to Spring, mm -hmm. not to Spring Boot, but to Spring and also Glassfish. Maybe it was inspired by your talk because Swiss Railways moved also to Glassfish. So they had like a dual platform oh, really? strategy with, yes, with, with WebSphere for the mission critical systems and for the small fast systems, they use Glassfish. Okay. So, um, Were they happy with the Glassfish experience back then? Yeah, absolutely. It was much faster. Every every developer wanted to use Glassfish. No one wants to go back to the WebSphere platform. This is what they knew. I thought, you know, my uh, my talk was completely destructive and every but but this was something good which which happened after my talk. Yeah. So you yeah. know, you know, Swiss Railways has a very strong operations team or had a very strong mm -hmm. operations team, and they mm -hmm. want to rely on WebSphere ah. because they had all all the knowledge about the clustering web sphere and performance tuning web sphere and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they don't want to have a, a second platform these okay. days. Okay. Hey, cool. So then now I'm happy. So then all the years, <laughs> uh, I, I was a little unhappy about what I, what I did, you know, uh, but now, uh, okay, cool. Something good happened actually. And, but this was just Glassfish or still Glassfish and Spring on Glassfish? No, that was just Glassfish because okay. it was Java E5. And I mean, Java E5 with annotations and lightweight uh, development, also the possibility to launch uh, the HB container in a unit test, yeah. for example, was, was, was nice. And this was uh, was uh, just Java E poor without hey, cool. Spring. Okay, cool. So you are ahead of the entire... Okay, this is probably how we met, right? Uh, in one point of time, I, I found you somewhere. And you know how, how I met you? Or what was your first contact with you? You know this? Yes, I think we met on uh, the workshop days in Zurich. Yeah. We talk I was talking about uh, ore mapping, mm -hmm. and you had your um, workshop as well Yeah. at the same time. Yeah. But That's I probably how we met. I, and, but I think before that, something else happened. I, ho I hope I didn't confuse you. You also no, use, ne no. you use NetBeans, I, I right? Know. Yes, or maybe you had uh, this QLB, the query, query language builder. You yeah, you remember? Know. Yeah. And on, I was working with you on that. So I had some ideas and uh, yeah. I brought some implementation on your query language builder. Then. Yeah, and But, something else. So what I remember is the following. NetBeans, uh, many people complain that NetBeans uh, doesn't have to string method. Yeah. And you build that. And ah, Yes. And you see, yes, yeah. And then you you read this on my blog somehow, and then you contributed the two string method to to NetBeans, so you can generate proper to string. Because yeah. back then was I will never use NetBeans. It because this was the explanation, right? This yeah. was uh, because it is not able to generate two strings. Like this is stupid. This is very easy. I mean, I don't have a time right now, but it is really easy to 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 use. And you said, okay, I just do it. And like, you know, two days later, there was a two-string method for NetBeans. And I say, look, now we have it. And I think your contribution ended up being up in NetBeans, right? Yeah, but I completely forget about that. You really. see? 
You see, yeah. if I hear your name, I always think about a nice experience with to drink. This is the only, this is, this was, I was uh, curious to know what, and this is the first time we met and I don't think I saw you before. So this was the first, you know, contact. And then yeah. we met at uh, some, I don't know, workshop days or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Are you still using NetBeans? Uh, no. IntelliJ. IntelliJ most of the time. Yeah. Because I was using NetBeans. At, I'm teaching at the university in Bern. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we were using NetBeans because it was very easy. So mm -hmm. in combination with Maven, you don't have any yeah. additional configuration. You just open uh, the Maven project. And that was very good for the students. So yeah. no setup, very yeah. easy to you. But you know, the in industry changed a bit. So I would say, in at least in Switzerland, most of the Java developers are using IntelliJ. And uh, so we had to use IntelliJ because the students asked us, uh, why the, can't we use IntelliJ? We are using IntelliJ at the company. Uh, and so that's why we moved uh, also at the university. To what you should try it out and do it right now is uh, like Visual Studio Code with Java. I it also tried, yes. It is I not as powerful as NetBeans or Visual Studio Code, but it gets there. So I would say so 80% is fine. And uh, why I'm using this? Because I'm also doing a lot of web stuff. So I have yeah. just one thing, you know. But uh, it's really, and, and, and they're moving really, really fast, I would say. Uh, so uh, this is like, you know, Visual Studio Code is like, you know, NetBeans back then. A uh, question to you, what's about Eclipse? Is someone using still Eclipse? Uh, I'm... And, uh, From time to time, I see students that are using Eclipse. Okay, still. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, I don't know why, but uh, some of them are still using it. <laughs> I, using... I, don't, I don't know why. You should, we should no, you, cut you, it off, you know. No, the problem is the Maven integration is still not good. Okay, still not good. Opinion. Because I, no. wanted, I wanted actually to, to evaluate Eclipse a bit because I ignored that for, yeah, since then. Uh, NetBits 5 came out. And since then, I dropped completely Eclipse. So I have no, yeah. I forgot about Eclipse. And now I thought, okay, now it could be nicer, so let's see. But I, I don't think this is worth, you know, uh, to try it out. But Visual Studio Code uses Eclipse behind the scenes. So actually, I'm using kind of Eclipse because the language server in Visual Studio Code is actually embedded Eclipse. Yeah. I, I think that the language support in Eclipse is good. I'm using Eclipse because I'm uh, contributing to dBeaver, you know, the database tool. How is it called? dBeaver. Yeah. dBeaver. Yeah. And I did some contributions lately, and I had to use Eclipse because this is also an Eclipse RCP application. Okay. And uh, the language support in Eclipse is, is good. I mean, if I open some projects in Eclipse, sometimes uh, they give me hints about probable bugs or something that I could do better that IntelliJ didn't find. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think that the, this is not bad. Uh, I still think uh, that the problem is, is more on, on, on some plugins, like yeah. Maven stuff like that. What I don't like about IntelliJ is the, are the default key bindings. So what the IntelliJ ships with, yeah, the, the key bindings are incredible. So there are so many shortcuts that uh, forget it, right? On the cool story about NetBeans back then, and a little bit of Visual Studio Code is, actually, there were just two. You have to learn at the beginning, and then you are set, you know? So, yeah. and, and this is, I was um, several times at the IntelliJ guys at the booth, and I asked them, why are you doing this? 
So why you don't have just two you know, shortcuts? I mean, this works in the other IDs and it works perfectly. And that always told me you can remap the, the bindings. Like, yeah, I could remap them, of course. But then I am the unique snowflake. If I if I worked some, with someone together, you know, and they have Eclipse bindings and I have my own bindings, forget it. So we could never work together, right? So this is yeah. uh, the only complaint I have with IntelliJ, I have to say. And I have a license, not the IntelliJ license, rather the Toolbox license. So I have everything from them. I like to support them, but the only thing what I don't like is the shortcuts. So yeah, and the ID is really heavy. Okay. You know, it uses a lot of memory. Mm -hmm. It generates a lot of metadata. Mm -hmm. If you import Maven POM, for example, yeah, this is also this is not and the server. So if you add application server, it is absolutely not intuitive. So what what they are doing, you have to add the project to the server, not the server to the projects. So I always have to think, you know, before I do this, someone asks me, can you show how to, how to work? Of course. And then I spend, you know, half an hour figuring out how it actually works. And and in all other ideas, it's very, very simple. Yeah, that's my impression as well. When I first had to add, uh, I was working, after I left uh, Swiss Railways, I was okay. working with the JBoss application server. Uh, actually, exactly. what you did after after Railways? Uh, after Railways, I had a short gig at the ticket vending machine company. Okay. But uh, then we had the financial crisis. It was 2008. Yeah. And I decided to start uh, working as a freelancer. Okay. And since then, I'm working as a freelancer. Oh, cool. And and you, you used uh, JBoss back then? Yes. Okay. I was uh, also, uh, I did a lot of uh, JBoss performance stuff. Cool. Mostly it was not about JBoss. I mostly it was yeah. about Hibernate yeah. and not JBoss. Oh, so you but, are the ORM uh, guy. So you focus on uh, object creation mapping? Yes, I did. I, I, I don't like it really. So, mm -hmm. you, you know, it, it was it, it's more like a hate and love yeah, of course. Uh, connection. Yeah. But uh, I'm also teaching uh, ORM mapping at university. So I think I have... Uh, uh, a big background um, in that, and so I'm helping people to to get uh, better performance out of uh, what they do. But okay. usually, or or very often, they maybe don't need war mapping. Yeah. Th then I have a, a a perfect topic for the next episode with you, just about ORM. Yeah. In one I'm hour, or M in one hour, from the beginning to the end. In a few weeks, I will invite you if you have some time. Then we can promote your freelancing and our listeners would learn about ORM, when to do ORM and when not. Yeah, exactly. Because That's it is more point. into it than you might think how transactions working, you know, the cloning of objects in memory and one-to-end uh, lazy loading. And, and, and so just talk about uh, ORM. This could be a nice episode with you, I guess. After you introduce yeah, yourself. Right. So, okay, very good. So you were one year with JBoss. You like the experience with JBoss? Uh, yes, I think JBoss was was a was a nice application. So at the university these days we were using Glassfish, mm -hmm. and I I found Glassfish uh, easier to use because JBoss uh, until version I don't know exactly five six. probably five was broken six. six six yeah six yes had had a lot of XML files to configure. Mm -hmm. So you didn't know what configuration goes to which file. So it was very very hard to, to find out. So it was JBoss 4. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And uh, later on, when they moved to Wildfly, it was much better. 
mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So because they are just one configuration file, like uh, like Glassfish also mm-hmm. add these days, um, and this was much easier to use and to configure and uh, uh, also easier to integrate. Okay. But at the end, JBoss also the old version worked very well. Yeah, mm-hmm. as well, I was working for a wholesale company. Mm-hmm. And we did the ERP system with uh, e-commerce and uh, also with mobile devices integrated with JBoss, and this worked very well. I remember I was also in Switzerland, and they built an ERP system on a lake. This was in the mountains. It's also middle of nowhere. So uh, I also tried to help them with REST back then. They hired me to you know, get rid of SOAP and replace it with REST. And it was exactly as Java 6 started. So this was the... Uh, this was also in Switzerland, the um, timeline. Okay, cool. And then you, for 12 years, you are a freelancer right now? Yeah, exactly. And what you are doing? So what was your gigs you can talk about? I know it's uh, a little bit harder now because it's all lots of NDAs, but is this anything you can share with us, all the, you know, your journey from w- what your technologies are, what you're doing actually the last 12 years? Yeah, I did a lot of stuff. So I did some JBoss performance optimization stuff mm-hmm. with the various clients. Um, but I also did uh, uh, application programming. So the biggest uh, project that I had was for this wholesale company mm-hmm. because they merged with a wholesale delivery company. So we had to integrate all the delivery stuff like uh, transportation, logistics mm-hmm. into the existing ERP system. And mm-hmm. this ERP system was uh, Java E mm-hmm. uh, based on, on JBoss. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Camel for... Okay. Um, we had around 100 uh, interfaces to what suppliers. Was, what was the added value of Camel? So why you use Camel? So what was the killer use case? Why you decided to use Camel? Um, because we had exactly this enterprise application integration pattern. Mm-hmm. So we really had like a file input. We had to transform it in oh, okay. to another format. We had to maybe execute some validation logic on the data, mm-hmm. and then we had to, to send it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So we had the camel stuff in front of the JBoss. Mm-hmm. Means uh, we get like uh, an order from from a customer, mm-hmm. and uh, this order was in ETI. ETI is the uh, standard format from the United Nations for exchanging uh, data in commerce. So EDI, yes. Orders with you know it? Yeah. EDI, devices. right. Yeah. ED, EDI. Uh, there was EDI and EDFact or something. Were diff- exactly. Yeah. 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 And this is a very, yeah, it's a complicated format, mm-hmm. very special. Mm-hmm. And we transformed it in, in an in-house XML file or mm-hmm. stru- file structure. And this gets uh, usually transferred over an active MQ mm-hmm. queue to mm-hmm. JBoss. And there we had a message in Bean. That was uh, accepting the input and then doing some business logic to store it in the database. And was the project successful? You enjoyed that? Yeah, that was great. Yeah. And it was really successful. There was uh, no Spring we, involved then? No Spring. No Spring. Okay. No, absolutely not. It was pure Java E. We also did try to avoid any external libraries mm-hmm. as far as we know. So we had Camel, we had uh, Java E poor. We had Eclipse okay. RSP in the front Then end. how we big had- was the war and how fast did it start? Roughly. Uh, that's a good question. I would say the war file was around, uh, it was very small. It was it was big because we had prime faces. Yeah, exactly. We had mm-hmm. the SF, and this was a bit, if we uh, subtract yeah. the prime faces, it was maybe 10 megabytes. 
Okay. And how fast did it start in the application of your machine? I would say half a minute. Still a lot, but it's okay. Yeah, it's, it, it's maybe because we had a lot of EJBs. We had EJB remote thing that had to be registered. Ah. Uh, we had message driven beans. Um, so that may be that what took the startup costs. And well, we had a lot of database tables and a lot of Hibernate mapping. What I, what I uh, noticed recently, so I used, uh, I implemented something with MicroProfile and Open Liberty. And then uh, I, I needed, you know, some libraries from Jakarta E, and I said, okay, then just activate the entire profile, Jakarta E8 profile. And then the performance become, as of the startup performance, really broke down, was really slow. And I tried to investigate investigated that. And what turned out is, um, this, um, if they activated Java 8, they had to activate Corba, which was not bad. But Corba requires SSL. And then they had to generate the SSL keys. And this was the reason why it was so slow. So, and uh, I try now to deactivate the entire SSL because everything else didn't matter. So, but just the SSL key generation was so slow. So I had to wait additional three seconds, which is a lot because usually it starts in one and a half second. And now it was now three seconds longer, which is uh, too long if you have uh, lots of iterations. So this was my short story recently, you know. No, recently, I think I did the investigation last year, but okay. This is what you built. You built it alone? No, with theme, right? No, no, we were eight people in okay. that team. And everyone was more or less happy? Yes, I think. We also tried that everyone can do everything. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have like a front-end, back-end developer or integration developer. We had one guy that was really uh, was into this interface stuff. He liked to work with Camel. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was our um, expert in that. Mm-hmm. And we had some other guys, the, the, the application. Uh, the application, the web shop was built with React, mm-hmm. uh, and we had uh, two React guys that were, but they also could work on the backend, so it wasn't. Uh, it was just so, more so you because used, they like. So work. you use prime faces for back office, just or why you had? Uh, because the, this, uh, the, I mean, the ERP system is uh, like uh, twenty years old, mm-hmm. and when they started, they were using um, Java E or J two E with JSF when it okay. came out. Okay. And so we had some backend stuff. Yes, we had also some uh, operational stuff that was built with JSF because it was much faster than to build okay. a, a React application. Because uh, what I did several times with startups, we use prime faces for back office stuff and we use React or web components just for the you know, pixel perfect front end. So this was uh, my pattern. So I thought you did something similar, you know, uh, building fast CRUD with JSF and then for, for user facing or consumer facing applications just using. Yeah, the thing. Okay, so what did what else you did? So which technology? So JBoss, Glassfish, which is nice. Yeah, and uh, then I had a longer gig at the university in Bern. Okay. So the yeah, professor the IT or what? Are you a professor? No, 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 yeah, IT department because they have a lot of in-house okay. applications. Okay. Well. So they also are connected with the hospital in okay. Bern. So that also belongs to the university, more or less. So we have interfaces with uh, with healthcare. Uh, we had interfaces with uh, with finance, with human resources, and there we built a lot also with Camel, so like integration logic. Mm-hmm. And there we were using Spring or Spring Boot. Mm-hmm. First, we were using, or we started with JBoss mm-hmm. uh, in 2009. Then I had a short uh, contract there, 
And we were building a platform based on JBoss and JBoss uh, SOA platform these days. Mm-hmm. So we were working with integration or ESB logic on, oh, okay. on the JBoss. Type. And you were still happy with ESB? No. No, 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 no. Okay. So that, that, <laughs> that got replaced on, then later on with, with my second contract mm-hmm. for the university. And uh, then we were using Spring Boot with Camel to, to replace the integration logic there. So yeah, but was, it was not fault of JBoss that they used ESB, right? No, 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 exactly not. And and when you started with Spring Boot, when was it? Very early. Uh, it was Spring Boot one, it, maybe five years ago, four years ago, okay. something like that. And um, what is the experience with Spring Boot back then? The cool thing was that you don't need anything. So the problem often, let's say with JBoss, you had to configure it. So mm-hmm. we had like a JBoss platform. We didn't have, at the university, we didn't have a JBoss per application. We had a or several JBosses and several applications on these instances. Ah, oh, okay. And, and then you had a bunch of configuration that you had to do. We were building scripts that you can uh, automatically uh, install the system on, on your developer machine, but it was still a bit, fragile so if someone changes yeah, the yeah. configuration didn't yeah. work and the great thing about uh, this self-contained application or like uh, spring boot where you can just start the main method is that you don't need to install the application so, so the, that's then we can argue that the problem of application servers is that they allow to ship more than one application right exactly if this wouldn't yeah. be allowed there would be no problem because no one would get the idea to ship multiple wars to one application server yes and so we, we, people were happy with Spring Boot. We started with uh, Docker mm-hmm. in the same time, and they built a small uh, Docker cluster with Swarm. Mm-hmm. I think now they're on Kubernetes, but mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning they just had two or three uh, nodes and mm-hmm. uh, Docker Swarm installed, and this worked uh, quite well. Yeah. And, and the last five years, you stick with Spring Boot, or what's what you did then? In the last five years, no, I also had JBoss still. Still? So, JBoss or Wildfly? Yeah. So the JBoss... Uh, no, Wildfly. Okay. I, I mean, the, the problem is, is the naming yeah, with, with the Red Hat, because JBoss now is the, the commercial offer. Yeah, the exactly. Open source project. And uh, yeah, I have both. I have uh, customers that using JBoss EAP, so the commercial yeah. one, and I have customers that using the, the open source Wildfly application server. Okay, so. and and now you're using uh, Spring Boot and Whitefly, both at the same time. Not both at the same time, but uh, yeah, different projects. But at the same, you know, different projects. Yes. Yeah. Currently, I'm I'm working on a project for another ERP system. It's a company that sells an ERP product. Cool. It, it, this is uh, quite old. I mean, the idea of this ERP system is 35 years old. They started with Cobol as well. Okay. Uh, back then, in the days. And uh, later on, they moved to Oracle and mm-hmm. Oracle Forms, mm-hmm. Oracle uh, Apex they're using as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we are building a new front end. We're building a modern front end for the application, but the business logic still remains in the database. So we ha- they have uh, stored procedures mm-hmm. with uh, most of the business logic. Okay. And uh, there we are using, or I'm using Vadin now. Oh, as the front end. Vadin web components or just Vadin? Uh, the new one, so what in flow with web components? Yeah, but uh, you uh, is still where Java generates, you know, the front end, or you are using web components from JavaScript which talk via REST to the backend? No, no, we are using uh, Java on the server. 
Okay. The, the reason is uh, most of the, or I would say all of the UI code is generated from the database. Cool. So we have uh, the database model and we have additional database uh, or an additional UI mm-hmm. related data that allows us to generate the UI. Mm-hmm. Which generators are you using to do this? Uh, that's a generator that I built my own now cool. for the last year. With Velocity or FreeMarker or what? No, no, just plain Vadin. No, but a generator. I mean, that how you generate, you have to, you know, set up the templates. So which, how you do the this? Template, no, no, the templates are described in a database model. Yeah. And I'm reading the database model and generating Vadin code. Yeah. But uh, to page. generate the Vadin code, you don't use a template language? You just no. concatenating strings? No, 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 not strings, because it's, I mean, it's Java code. You, you write your application like Swing. So you, what are you generating? You g- generate, yeah, but you're generating Java code or are you generating Java bytecode? No, no, I, I'm not generating, I'm generating, generating is, is maybe the wrong word. I'm building the front end based on the database data. So I'm reading the database. I, I got a tree from the database. Mm-hmm. That the top level element is a module, and mm-hmm. the module may have panels, and on the panels are text yeah. fields and yeah. buttons and stuff like that. And I'm reading that, and I'm uh, building. So I'm, I'm starting building a panel. I'm adding text fields and buttons and stuff like that. At runtime. Yeah, at runtime. Ah, okay. Yeah. So this is in JavaScript would be like I would fetch from the backend the metadata, and then at at runtime DOM trees. To have the applications, right? And you're doing exactly. this on the on the server side, and Vadin creates the DOM manipulations for you. Yeah. So you're using the metadata or reflection capabilities from Vadin, right? Exactly. Yeah, this is cool. It's a fun project. Yeah, it's fun. And Vadin is quite good. I mean, I knew Vadin uh, in the old version when it uses GWT, mm-hmm. and I didn't like that approach because mm-hmm. it generates JavaScript code from uh, from yeah. the Java class, yes, and it didn't very work very well. But now with the new model, with I mean, all the components in the front end are web components, yes, and uh, they transmitting some uh, JavaScript uh, JSON data structure that are then used to generate the UI on the front end. Yeah, and uh, because of the programming model on the back end, it's very easy for a Java developer to build a application and. I mean, it's the same as you said before. You were built. You were using JSF for the backend systems, mm-hmm. and at the end, we are creating kind of a backend system. We don't need the fancy, um, very uh, interaction-based uh, front end where we would need to use JavaScript. We have like uh, ERP systems, so we are manipulate the clients are manipulating um, the data from mm-hmm. the customers, from the products and stuff. It's mm-hmm. a very easy. Mm-hmm. UI. It's a data-heavy UI. We have a lot of fields, a lot of database tables, but we don't have a lot of uh, dynamic stuff on the front end. I use a lot of a lot of Vadin uh, recently, but just the Vadin components, uh, like for instance Vadin router. So, uh, so uh, this is a nicely built visual web component without the Java part. And uh, on the on the server side, I don't have Vadin at all right now, just REST, but this could change in one point of time. I was also in such projects back then and without Vadin. And what you did, exactly what you did, uh, we built, you know, default UI for generic or generic default UI at runtime 
from database using back then Swing and, and, and EJBs. And the problem was always that the UI was too consistent. In one point of time, my users wanted to have exceptions. They say, okay, look, at this part particular view, you know, it is uh, usually you would map this to a tree, but now I would really like, like to have a table. And if you have too many exceptions, the whole dynamic reflection UI just breaks. So what I always did before such a project, we have to you know an emergency meeting at the beginning of the project. And I say, look, we will do it, but there are no exceptions. So, and then it works. If you introduce too many exceptions, the whole thing will just break. So what is your, you know, your, uh, your experience with that? Yeah, you know, I'm working now for over a year on that project. Yeah. And I would say the base framework that I've built was done after three months. Yeah. And now I'm working on the exception. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So... Now there are a lot of cor lot of corner cases. They have yeah. a lot of. I mean, they were building Oracle forms, yeah. and also there they had a lot of UI logic. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of exceptions where they had to display some special dialog if then the user mm -hmm. enters mm -hmm. any data. And we are uh, building that as well. What we try to do now is that we uh, build the, the the data that we have for the UI in the database in such a way. That maybe in five, six years, if they say, you know, Vaden is not the right technology, we want to do exactly the same with another technology. We have all this kind of exception stuff in the metadata in the database. So thank, very and good. not a lot of logic in, in the front end. What you could actually that's, do would be a fun experiment. Right. You could actually provide a REST interface, right? But the REST interface wouldn't expose the business object rather than the metadata objects so you know like you know panels metadata and so forth and then you could write you know a small web components applications which just renders your entire tree directly in the web client this this will work for sure this would work yes it would be yeah. a nice nice little project okay cool the last off-topic question because what i remember the last time i was in bern I was in the train station and someone brought me to the train station and this guy was a huge railway fan. Probably he even worked for the railways, I don't know. But he told me something that uh, he was really proud that in Bern at the train station, all trains can depart exactly at the same time. There was something special with it. And I asked him why. And he couldn't explain me why this is so cool, but he was really proud of it that, you know, in one point of time, of all the how to call it, uh, not gates. There's not all gates. The tracks. the tracks. All the trains can depart exactly now at the same at the same time. It's like okay, this is truly cool, but why? Right? You know something about that? <laughs> I don't know. The, the point is maybe uh, in Bern you have uh, like uh, one two four lines. Yeah. Where you can go to, and maybe there are a lot of or enough of tracks to start all the trains at the same time. That's yeah, possible. but he was really excited about that. And I asked you, okay, but why are you doing this? And there was no no explanation. So I was like, okay, then I will wait. I will ask, ask someone else. So I thought you are the right <laughs> guy, you know? Okay, perfect. Thank you. Where people can find you, your company? Or if you don't have company, at least you as a freelancer in the internet. Uh, I have a company. It's called 72 Services. Okay. So find me on 72.services in the internet. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, also on the 72 services page, I have a blog where I try to write uh, from time to time some 
interesting blog post, but you know, I'm lazy. I don't really like to write too much. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's uh, rarely to do that. Um, I'm talking at Java user groups, for example. You will have your talk this week, next week? This week, I think. This week, yeah, this, this week. week for sure. This uh -huh. week. I will have one next week uh -huh. on 1st of July. Cool. This will be online and we'll talk about what in. Okay, then I will promote your talk. Current mm -hmm. project. And um, I'm also doing uh, workshop days. Are you on the workshop days in Are, are they online? I forgot to submit something this year. No, they're not online. I. Or I don't know if they will be online, but currently they will not be online. Will they take this place? Is that is incredible. Because, I mean, with the pandemic, this is almost mission impossible, but something in September will take place, actually. No, in Switzerland, we are quite open. We can have, uh, like, um, events up to 30 people now. Okay. Without any restrictions. We, we are not that restrictive as you are in Germany. Okay. We don't have to wear masks, for example. So it's it's a bit strange. Right? It's a strange feeling. But uh, we okay. are more open than other countries in Europe. Okay. So I will say, I think it will take place. Yeah. Okay. Then thank you. And what I really would like to do to re-invite you back and talk about, for instance, ORMs or Vardin or both. Just do ORM first and then Vardin, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Then thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me.